0: How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 55 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we are going to talk about former A's GM Sandy Alderson. He has been in the news recently after uh, appearing on Buster Olney's Baseball Tonight podcast with a a revelation that would have changed the landscape of baseball forever and uh, how that would have impacted uh, Oakland A's baseball specifically. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that all episode and uh, do some of that. Also, Alex Coffey of The Athletic just dropped an article about the A's potentially not paying their employees uh, through the end of May. Um, there are still two days left to decide one way or the other, whether or not they're going to do that, or if they're going to furlough some employees. So, uh, I'm going to hold off on talking about that until there's a to decision one way or the other. Um, I am dismayed and a little bit disappointed in the team that they have not already done so, uh, that they are not going to be paying their employees through, uh, May 31st. But, uh, I mean, they, they still have time, I guess. So holding out hope on that one. Um, but before I get into the Sandy Alderson discussion, I just want to plug our social media channels. We are on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on A's. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. Uh, if you are an online gamer, I also stream. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash notedbaseballfan. Um, also, if you have a mailbag question, feel free to email us at lockedonathletics at gmail.com. Um, just if you have Something quick that you want me to talk about, or an whole episode uh, topic that you would like, you know, delved into? Uh, I am here for it. We have time to kill. So, anyways, uh, let's talk about Sandy Alderson. He appeared on Buster Olney's Baseball Tonight podcast, as I mentioned, and uh, you know, most of the conversation was, "Oh, hey, what did you think about the '88 World Series?" and some of that stuff. Um, you know, just general questions, and, he, and then Buster Olney asked him, uh, you know, "What's one trade that?" or you know acquisition that you almost made that you know would have been you know a big deal and he's like well I don't know that I've really told anybody this one but uh I did offer Michael Jordan you know the subject of the last dance currently on ESPN uh I did offer him a deal where he could just start in the majors with the A's we weren't going to do anything in 1994 and uh you know, screw it. It would have been fun. It would have been, you know, something to get people in the gates. And uh, holy crap. Yes, it would have. I would have been nine years old. I was never a big MJ fan. I, I don't think that I am now. I, I appreciate what he has done for sure. But uh, he always kind of struck me as a jerk. So uh, never been a big MJ guy myself, personally. And so after hearing that news, I was like, hey, uh, Where would he have played? Like, what position was he playing? He was in the outfield, right? And he was pretty much in the outfield, yes. Um, I I saw one thing where he was playing right field, but on baseball reference, it just says outfield. It does not list the positions he was playing, so I was going with right field, and uh, I was like, would he have fit in on this A's team? How was that 94 A's team? And such and such. So uh, here are some of those answers. The uh, 1994 is uh, keep in mind that 1994 was a strike season and uh, some believe that it is the reason that the Montreal Expos were not the Montreal Expos anymore. They are now the Washington Nationals because uh, the Expos were, you know, arguably the best team in baseball and uh, they were on their way to winning an actual world championship, which probably would have kept them in Montreal. The A's, meanwhile, finished second in the AL West, and uh, they went 51-63, and 63, and uh, they were just one game back of Texas for the division lead. So when the season was called, uh, there was no World Series that year. And uh, so, yeah, being 12 games below 500, the A's still in it. Um, there, there was a bunch of teams that were, you know, a, a lot better. Uh, The Yankees were really good. The White Sox, I believe, were really good. Um, There was a bunch of teams that were just head and shoulders above the others. And therefore, everybody in the AL West was subpar. Um, So, yeah, that's how that all worked out. Um, And I I think that everybody was within, like, two and a half games of each other in the the AL West. Which I guess isn't that hard to do when everybody's below 500. But, you know, it was still interesting to me. Um, So, anyways... Uh, the best player on the A's that season was Stan Javier, and then the other two members of the outfield uh, on a more daily basis were Ricky Henderson and Ruben Sierra. All three were above you know, average at the plates, so it would have been hard to figure out which one of the three was going to be sitting on a routine basis. Uh, maybe injuries pop up. I don't know, um, but... It would have been hard to fit him into the outfield. Maybe they have him play at shortstop or first base. I don't know, because McGuire was hurt for a little bit. Um, So you could have him do that, I guess. But it would have been strange. And uh, on the baseball reference uh, bullpen wiki, like the biographical area for uh, Michael Jordan, it said that uh, he wanted to serve an apprenticeship to earn his spot in the major leagues, which... Sure, I guess he did. Uh, he, I think that there's a couple of schools of thought. Where one, he wanted to, you know, just kind of like disappear for a little bit because he was, you know, really good at basketball and had nothing left to prove, which is one of the common things. But also, his uh, dad had just passed away. Baseball was his dad's favorite sport, so maybe that was a reason why he left basketball for a minute. There's also that conspiracy theory that it was going to be suspended for a year for gambling. Uh, so that's why he did baseball. And uh, I mean, maybe he came back to basketball because of the lockouts, which, oh boy, that if that's true and not the conspiracy theory gambling thing where he's going to come back in a year anyway, uh, baseball needs to get its stuff together because they could have had Michael Jordan. That would have been cool. But also there's, uh, you know, if he had succeeded, you know, uh, without playing in so long, uh, sure, he's a freak athlete and you know the best basketball player. But if he had just dominated baseball, it kind of would have been a black eye for baseball. Not like cheating, but just making it look like anybody can just pick up a bat and be like yeah, I'm great at this. So with nowhere in the outfield, uh, judging by after the games have been played and all that, obviously it's a little bit harder to you know plug in Michael Jordan wherever because he's you know six foot six or whatever. But uh, the three players that could have been replaced because they were below replacement level at uh, the major league level, and uh, you wouldn't have been hurting the on-field product as much. Not that you know competing was necessarily the goal in 1994 for the A's, but uh, second baseman Brent Gates was not great. Neither was shortstop Mike Bordick or third baseman Scott Brocious. So uh, I don't know that he would have had the range to play either of those three positions. Um, and I don't know that they would have been able to play any other position. So it would have been a weird fit for Michael Jordan, but obviously uh, Sandy Alderson would have made this work um, because, you know, you you get one shot at Michael Jordan in the majors on your team, screw it. Why not? Um, I think that the other big hiccup in the whole thing was Jerry Reinsdorf just happened to own the Bulls and the White Sox. So, uh, you know, it was a little bit easier for him to just slide into double A with the White Sox and, not disappear because he's Michael Jordan playing baseball, but, you know, compared to Michael Jordan playing basketball, disappear. Just, you know, sit, sit and stare at the sun for a little while. So obviously it would have been really cool for, you know, the Oakland A's to have signed Michael Jordan to play baseball. Even for one year in a Strike Jordan season, it wouldn't have mattered. They weren't going anywhere. Um, You know, if they had finished last in the division, I don't think it would have mattered. They would have probably sold a lot more tickets um, it, it would have been – and they would have had so much publicity. Um, yeah, you know, Some, you know, uh, people grow up and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I watch this team because of this thing, or, you know, it's usually family-related, or I turned on this game and I like this guy, and now I'm a fan of that team. That probably would have happened with Michael Jordan. You would have gotten a lot of crossover basketball fans that were like, hey, I want to watch the Oakland A's because Michael Jordan is on that team, and uh, that would have changed the course of the A's franchise forever, I think. Or at least for, you know, up until now. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house. Or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they've created non-contact deliveries. So now I can order food from local restaurants, and everything gets delivered right outside my door. This has been fantastic, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. Um, They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. We need to be supporting our neighborhood spots right now. Uh, I've been ordering local because that's the best way to support my community. I can do a little bit that way, at least, and keep these businesses open for when, you know, uh, life resumes. Uh, Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi, they actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off right outside my door. Just download the Postmates app on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start with your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So there's a story I've heard a couple times of uh, Sandy Alderson had some sort of class reunion. I forget if it was high school or college, and it was like 20, 25 years, something like that. And somebody asked him, you know, what his favorite. Uh, you know, hobby is these days, and he said his favorite hobby is trading Ricky Henderson. So he has a great sense of humor, obviously, because he's traded Ricky Henderson multiple times. Um, and also, people know who Ricky Henderson is. He's Ricky. Everybody knows who that is. So, great joke. Good job, Sandy. Um, I did read a book on... I, I talk about books that I've read a bunch. Uh, I've only... I. It makes it seem like I read a lot of books. I've been struggling to find books recently. But... I did read this book a couple years ago about uh, Sandy Alderson, mostly with his time with the A's and Mets and, you know, in the front office, uh, or uh, the Major League offices in New York. Um, And there was a couple things that I thought that were fantastic in there. The book is called Baseball Maverick. It's by Steve Ketman. Uh, He used to write for the Chronicle back in the, I think, 80s and 90s. And, you know, he's written a couple things. Uh, This is the only one of his that I have read. But... Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and also I, I learned a lot about Sandy Alderson's time with the A's. Um, the first story that was in the book was just a uh, this is uh, when Billy Bean was training, you know, as the assistant GM uh, after you know retiring as a baseball player and all that stuff. And the A's would be on the road, and so Sandy Alderson and Billy Bean would drive to Modesto to go see some of the A's prospects. And you know, Billy would want to listen to the baseball games, and Sandy would be like, "No, I don't want to do that because." Nothing good ever happens when we're pitching, um, which I think is very funny. And so they would compromise and they would only listen to the A's games when uh, the A's were at bat. And that just makes me wonder if, uh, you know, one of Billy Bean's most famous neuroses actually wasn't one of his. It was one of Sandy Alderson's. I do not know, but I think that it's very funny because, you know, Billy Bean famously doesn't watch the games. Uh, We've all seen Moneyball and uh, yeah, he he just can't do it. It's nerve wracking for him and uh, goes from there. So. I would find that very funny. Uh, the other thing from the book I'm actually going to read, it's a couple of paragraphs. Um, it's about uh, him trading Mark McGuire and all that stuff. And uh, I thought it was enlightening and kind of showed, you know, how he was a decent guy and how Billy Beans lasted so damn long. So just to set the scene real quick, um, Mark McGuire is in his last year of uh, under contract with the A's, and he is not very likely to sign with the Oakland A's. Um, at least that's what the front office believes. Uh, there is speculation that he may have actually signed if, you know, uh, the front office had built a better team around him because he was very loyal to the A's and Oakland, but, uh, they didn't know that or they didn't care and they wanted to go a different direction. Who's to say? So basically in the weeks leading up to the trade deadline in 1997, the A's were fielding offers for Mark McGuire and, uh, at a point, it just seemed to be just the Cardinals involved, and they kind of knew it, so they were lowballing the A's. And Billy Beans telling uh, Sandy Alderson that we can't do this deal. This is not a good deal. And Alderson goes, listen, we need to make this trade. And so from there on, uh, three hours before the trade deadline on July 31st, the A's made the deal. They had a home game at the Coliseum that evening and lost 4 to nothing to run their losing streak to 6th straight. Quote, for me, it was probably the lowest point in the organization I remember being a part of, Bean says. We weren't a good team, and here we're all trading one of the best players in the game. Sandy was doing all these media interviews, and I felt bad. It was a really good time to be an assistant GM and not the GM, but it wasn't any fun being the assistant GM either. After the game, Alderson and Bean walked together to the parking lot for team officials. Quote, you won't have to do that deal now. Alderson told Bean, it was a passing of the torch. Quote, at no point had Sandy said, you're going to be GM, Bean told me. Uh, he had never said anything. He just said, you won't have to deal with that anymore. Uh, Jockety, who had moved on from the Rockies, uh, he basically in this paragraph just says that he thought that it was a good deal. So screw that paragraph. Anyways, uh, a few months later, Alderson gave his job to Bean. Alderson was still president of the A's, the man in charge, but he relinquished the title and duties of general manager for a man as competitive as Alderson. The move was not without its uh, painful aspects. A Marine never retreats, but it was the only way uh, to complete beans, education and development to give him some time as general manager in his own right. But with Alderson still there, only then did Billy fully grasp what Alderson had meant the night of the Mark McGuire trade. Only then did he comprehend how ugly it could have gotten for him as a general manager just starting out to be the one who couldn't re-sign McGuire and had to let him walk. Uh, and I just thought that that was really cool because Sandy Alderson did him a solid, if we, if we you know, think about it. Uh, if his first act as GM, his first real act, was not being able to sign Mark McGuire... Or he was the guy who had to trademark McGuire somehow, you know, if he had been given the duties before the trade deadline, uh, he would have been eaten alive and he would not be our GM right now. So thank you, Sandy Alderson for doing that. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the Sandy Alderson show for today. And I thought that those were fun little tidbits to share with you guys, uh, since he was in the news, I was like, oh, let's, let's talk about Sandy Alderson a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's going to be it for today. Um, I will talk about the A's potentially not paying their employees uh, on the next episode, or if you know it takes a couple of days for us to figure out if that's going to happen. I'll talk about uh, you know the KBO and the Chinese Professional Baseball League and how you can watch that. There's a couple teams that are similar to the A's in both leagues, so uh, you know I'll, I'll give some insight into that as well. So. In the meantime, please follow us on social media at Locked on, A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. I will talk with you guys soon.